Hey, dear Israel Story listeners, it's Mishi. Last night was the first night of Hanukkah, and tomorrow is Giving Tuesday. So it seems like the perfect time to ask for your help. And here's the truth. Making a show like Israel Story is hard. It's really hard. We're a small team, on a shoestring budget, and we work on each and every episode for months and months. Sometimes, even years. We do it because we believe in our mission. We think it's important to tell complicated and nuanced stories about our country. And we want to model the Israeli society we'd like to live in. One that's open-minded and pluralistic, diverse and full of curiosity. One in which we listen to each other and learn from one another. One in which there's room for people of different faiths, different beliefs, different backgrounds, different lifestyles. Our team works around the clock to produce stories that are hopefully not only meaningful and thought-provoking, but also beautiful and artistic. And we release those stories into the world for your listening pleasure. Now, podcasts have emerged as a free medium, which is great. We all have access to fabulous content all the time. But unless your show is backed by a powerful organization, or a big station, or bankrolled by wealthy donors, all of which, by the way, we are not, it's an ongoing struggle. The only way we manage to survive, the only way we're able to produce season after season, is with your support and your generosity. So I hope you'll open your hearts and make a donation to Israel Story today. If you enjoy our show, if we're part of your life, if you look forward to new episodes, and if you believe in what we do, please pitch in. Go to our site, israelstory.org, and press the Support Us button. There are a bunch of different ways to give, and what helps us most of all is if you choose to become a monthly contributor. An extremely generous donor will match the first $10,000 we receive. So if you give today, your gift will be doubled. And because we don't want to ask for your help without giving something in return, we produced a special bonus, as our way of saying thank you. So here's Marie Rude with Yala Banat. We want to prove two things. The first thing that, even though that we are Arabs, we are playing sports. We could beat anyone if we are good. And the second thing, it's a way to, to tell our society. They are girls, okay, they are champions. Most people who know Anan Jajura call him Abul Banat. Abul Banat is Arabic for father of the girls. But this nickname doesn't refer to Anan's own biological daughters. It refers instead to his girls, which is to say the girls on his team. I'm a volleyball coach. Uh, I've been coaching uh, for 23 years. Volleyball is Anand's passion, or seen from a different angle, his obsession. I love that. I love that so much. And that's somewhat surprising, since growing up in Nazareth, volleyball really wasn't a thing. There was no volleyball in Nazareth. Nobody knows the volleyball. Even today, it's not a massively popular sport in Israel, and even less so among the Arab population. But that doesn't seem to matter to 46-year-old Anan. 
a stocky man with a salt-and-pepper goatee. He first fell in love with the sport when he studied physical education at the Wingate Institute in Netanya. While many of his classmates gravitated towards Israel's more popular sports, basketball, soccer or judo, it was volleyball, with its combination of teamwork, strategy and skill, that appealed to Anan. In order to get even one point, you have to be together, you have to understand each other, to feel the others in the field. In 1998, Anan landed his first job as a sports teacher at the Salvatorian Sisters School, a private Catholic high school in Nazareth. And his first order of business was bringing his favorite game to his new home court. Anan opened up two teams, one for boys and the other for girls, and was successful at drumming up excitement among the students. The boys' team quickly filled up, but the idea of a girls' team created quite a stir within the community. In the Arab society, everything has to be in the uh, tradition. And the girls' volleyball team? That was most definitely not in the tradition. Anan's phone began ringing off the hook. Some parents were worried that volleyball would cause their daughters to neglect their studies. Others complained that the games would keep them out at night. And to his surprise, some even took issue with the tight uniforms female volleyball players usually wear. It was the eve of a new millennium, and Anan was shocked by the force of the conservative pushback. I really couldn't imagine that they really uh, supposed to ask a permission from the dad, from the mom, even from the big brothers was our society in that days. Now, why was this surprising to Anan? After all, he had grown up in that very same society. He was, in many ways, its product. But here's something you need to know about him. Long before he became a volleyball fanatic, he was a die-hard feminist. And that, he told me, is something he absorbed at home. Uh, I grew up in Nazareth, uh, in a family that uh, really uh, educated me to respect all of the people. I've seen that when my father was speaking, how he spoke with my mom. It's a relation of respect. Maybe from this place, I've got uh, respect for the others and respect for the women. So for him, the girls' volleyball team was much more than just a high school sports team. It was a way to empower Nazareth's young women and carve out a place for them to shine in the public sphere. The parents' resistance simply convinced him that this was a crusade worth fighting. This make me insist to continue and to go on and to fight this kind of people. He started making the rounds. Nights and days, I went from house to house. I spoke with the mothers, with the fathers. Anan argued and sweet-talked. He explained and listened. And little by little, it seemed to work. A few weeks later, he invited all the parents to the school. He served cookies and Turkish coffee in the teacher's lounge. And then, nervous yet determined, he shared his vision. The importance of opening the team, he said, was... To tell all of the uh, people, to tell our society, let your guests be a leader. Just leave your stupid tradition. Uh, sorry, leave the ideas, leave these stereotypes. And somehow, that straight talk worked. One by one, the parents changed their minds. The parents start taking a, a part with me, start uh, helping me, supporting the girls. It was really something special like a, a revolution. With the parents' blessing, Anan set out to work. He began recruiting players. 
such as Rwand Masala. <laughs> okay, again. Say hi or not? Uh, I'm Rwand from Nazareth. Rwand has long brown hair and a contagious laugh. Most importantly, however, she's tall and soon became one of the team's star players. I started to play when I was in seventh grade. I saw that there is something special about this game. It attracted me. For Rwand, much like for Anan, it was all about the team, the camaraderie, and the sense of being part of something greater than herself. If we're six on the court and one player is not good, then the whole team, you could feel it that you can't score. Maybe it's the feeling that you belong to somewhere. I found myself there. There was a ton of team spirit in those early days, but that was just about all they had. Their uniforms were baggy, their equipment was minimal, and they didn't even have a hall. Instead, they played and practiced outside, in the school's asphalt courtyard. You know, the volleyball, like so many times you fall on the floor in order to, to get the ball. It was really, um, it, it hurts because it's like a schoolyard, like outside. The teams they were up against, on the other hand, represented affluent Jewish high schools, had snazzy uniforms and practiced in professional indoor courts. They have their showers, very clean and very organized. That's Nadine Matarzaitun, another player on that early team. But what they lacked in resources, they made up for in Anand's enthusiasm. Though he coached both the boys' and the girls' teams, the girls were his real passion. Anan believed in his girls, even when they had a hard time believing in themselves. They said, okay, for sure, they are Jewish, for sure, they will beat us. They have the stereotype, they are girls, the weakest ring in the society, and they are Arabs, the weakest people in the country. It was clear to Anan that his role as coach was as much psychological as it was physical. I have to convince the girls that they are equal and they can beat anyone. And sure enough, just like every single underdog sports film you've ever seen, the scrappy girls of the Salvatorian sister school soon started winning. And at least as far as Anan was concerned, every victory on the court marked an even greater victory off the court. They are the women of the Arabs' future not only sport in the whole society. If these reflect to them, they will reflect that to their sons and daughters. In 2003, five years after Anan first opened the girls' team, the school won its first regional championship. Then they won two more. I really felt that I put Nazareth on the map. Everybody knows. I really start feeling really proud about what we are doing. Like as an Arabs minority in Israel, and especially women, doing uh, extraordinary uh, things, it gives you confidence. Anand's dream had come true. Nazareth had embraced volleyball, and his girls felt a tremendous sense of pride and empowerment. But now that his girls were about to graduate, they reached the end of the road. There was nowhere for them to continue playing. Always a dreamer, Anand started thinking. So I start thinking to compete the other teams in the Israeli Volleyball Federation. Anand decided to create an adult team that would allow his high school standouts to keep on playing. In 2005, a new volleyball club, Maccabi Bonot Nazareth, entered Israel's amateur third league and quickly took it by storm. I was surprised about that. It was really not hard. In their first year, they ranked second. The year after that, they topped the chart and qualified for the semi-professional second league. 
Maccabi Bnot Nazareth was one of the few Arab teams in the league, and occasionally, tensions ran high. During a round of hostilities between Israel and the Hamas, Maccabi Bnot Nazareth was playing an away game against a Jewish team from the north. They were way behind, and Anan called a timeout. I said to my girls, okay girls, Hamas, 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 go on, go on. In Arabic, Hamas, that means motivation, okay? And then suddenly, silent in the crowd. Silent in the crowd. What is saying Hamas, Hamas, he's against us, he's against Israel? And I said to the coach, no, Hamas, you know, to motivate them. And it was that Hamas, that motivation, that kept Maccabi not Nazareth going. Year after year, they poured their hearts into the games. But they were never quite good enough to qualify for the professional first league. Here's Rwand. I always had this dream that how it feels like to be in the first league of Israel, the best league in Israel. Finally, in 2017, luck took its rightful place alongside Hamas. One of the first league teams went bust, leaving an unexpected spot open. And what was even more surprising was the fact that the Israeli Volleyball Association decided to offer that vacant spot to none other than Maccabi Bnot Nazareth. Anan and his girls immediately realized that they had received an unusual gift, a rare athletic shortcut. But they wanted to show that they belonged at the top. I want to prove to everybody that we deserve that as a team. Essentially overnight, Anan had to transform a collection of amateur, if spirited players into a professional organization. And even though he had no idea how he would come up with the money for physiotherapists, fitness coaches and foreign players, he was not going to allow this opportunity to pass him by. The opportunity to be in the first league, it's, you know, it come once a life and I must take it. What had begun with a modest dream to open a girls' high school team had morphed into something much bigger. He was, in every possible way, making history. No Arab team at all were in that league before us. No one. So I take this chance in both hands and go to the first league. Now, in the fictional version of this story, Maccabi Bnot Nazareth becomes the Cinderella of Israeli women's volleyball, beats all odds and shocks the nation by winning the championship. But we, folks, are in the business of documentary storytelling. And well, the truth is that it's been a rough ride, to say the least. Frustratingly, it's all a matter of resources. We don't have the same money that other clubs really have. We, we don't have the money. All of the local players, including me and the coach assistant, doesn't get even one shekel for working. The only team members that do receive a salary are three foreign players from Brazil. And at times, Anan has to pay them out of his own pocket. All the rest do it for the love of the game. They're sacrificing their time, their lives and their families. They do it free. Most of the players have nine to five jobs alongside their professional volleyball careers. Nadine, for instance, is a teacher. I'm a wife, <laughs> I'm a teacher, I'm a mother, and uh, I'm a player. Sometimes I really feel like I'm very down, I'm exhausted, like I want uh, to be alone and to get some rest, but I can't, <laughs> you know, I have uh, so much things to do, I have so much responsibilities also. Rwand 
who works as a project manager, also struggles to juggle life, sports, and a career. But that doesn't deter her. If you want to enter, you need to be all in, like you need to commit. I'm working in my paid job and I'm doing the volleyball. I feel that I can do everything. And without dreaming about it, you, you can't continue with this league. You need to aim for something better. Perhaps. But the exhaustion and the players' draining lifestyles were immediately evident on the court. In their first year in the Premier League, they won just one game and narrowly escaped relegation. The following season, they managed to win two games and once again just barely remained in the league. And if those seasons were disastrous, the 2019-2020 season was even worse. Maccabi Bnot Nazareth were losing game after game, and it seemed as if the dream of promoting Arab women through volleyball would soon be over. But once again, luck was on their side. Suddenly, the corona came and stopped the league. Like many other sports leagues around the world, the IVA, the Israel Volleyball Association, decided to cancel the remainder of the season and freeze any relegations. Maccabi Bnot Nazareth would live to fight another day. We could survive because we got another chance to stay. In November 2020, during a momentary lull in the pandemic, games resumed and a new, supposedly post-corona season began. Given how things left off before COVID, Nadine, the team's captain, was preparing for the worst. If we dropped out of the league, it will be hard for me uh, to think about that we will not continue. I will, of course, be sad. We love to play volleyball. It's in our blood. The first match of the season was a home game, and making the entire journey come full circle, it was held at the new sports hall of the Salvatorian Sister School. Due to COVID regulations, only a handful of fans were allowed in. Still, Anand was beaming. He and his girls were back. Maccabi Bnot Nazareth lost all three sets that evening. At the end of the game, Anand did his very best to remain positive. You know what? I'm really disappointed because we lost. But to tell you the truth, I'm really proud uh, of how what uh, we played, uh, even though that we lost. And I'm sure that we are going to win next week. That's for sure. That sadly didn't happen. Nazareth lost the next game too. It's unbelievable, ladies. How wait, can no, we wait, wait. win? Please be in focus. Yeah, something I don't know. I don't know how to explain. Run for the kitchen, for the self sub and tour. But you shout when I enter. Help me, relax a little bit. It's okay. I can. I could not relax. Yalla. Yalla, yalla, yalla. Makabi. Let's do it. And then the game after that, Nadine broke her leg. And I told them, if you really love her and respect her, we must play good. Please do it for for Nadine for the team. Anand's motivational speech seemed to work. This was the twist point for our team. We were in the fight mode and we saw that we can do it. That night, Maccabi Blanc Nazareth got their first win of the season, securing a last-minute upset against Haifa, one of the strongest teams in the league. This was the result of working hard winning against Haifa. We proved to ourselves and to everybody that we are a team that exists and presents. And with that newfound confidence, 
off they were. Tel Aviv, we beat Tel Aviv 3-2. Hoda Sharon. We won 3-0. Tel Aviv again. Outside game, 3-1. Ranana. And uh, the last game, it was uh, in Hoda Sharon, we beat them 3-0. A season that started out in the worst way possible ended up being more or less okay. There were no championship celebrations, but no tears of relegation either. We are in the fifth place. This is a great achievement. I think it shows everybody that that everybody can, and especially women, can do that. Like, don't underestimate any woman because, like, you don't know what they are able to do. And Anan, Abul Banat, couldn't be prouder of his girls. They are in the Premier League. They are playing for Nazareth. They are playing for the Arab society. We are so proud to do that, to play, um, to have the motivation, to, to have the Hamas, okay? <laughs> we have a love, and a love will succeed. Okay, we have no money, but we have a very big heart. Marie Rude. Zev Levi scored and sound designed this special. Sela Weisblum created the mix. Please don't forget to go to our site, israelstory.org, and support the show. Your generosity is what makes it possible. Our staff includes Yochai Meital, Zev Levi, Yoshi Fields, Skylar Inman, Nomi Schneider, Adina Karpuch, Eli Blyer, Sharon Rapaport, and Rotem Tzin. Tanya Huyard and Matthew Littman are wonderful production interns. Jeff Umbro and Jesse Adler from the Podglomerate, our marketing team. I'm Ishi Harman, and we'll be back next time with a brand new Israel Story episode. So till then, Todaraba, thank you, Shalom Shalom, and Yalla Bye. Thank you.